Welcome to Rockstar Today, the podcast that helps musicians quit their day jobs. Show notes can be found on rockstartoday.com forward slash podcast. You will also find a link to sign up to the Rockstar Today Backstage Pass Facebook group. And now your host, Randall. You've been keeping busy? On and off. It's one of these things where you know, pivoting in a new world and trying to figure out what we want to do and how to cope with it, really. That's the best way I could put it. It's like I mean, yeah, you went we from live to events to virtual events. and Yeah, and I had a realization that what I want to do up here and what I'm aligned to do are two totally different things. And well, that's fascinating. Can't, that's... can't force that. No, that's the struggle that uh, we've all had. Hmm. I mean... This podcast, Rockstar Today, is that alignment of what I feel I need to do and what I wasn't doing, and I, it, it, it led me to this, this moment, and, and I, I feel alive when I do these shows. Why? Because I feel I'm contributing, and I'm not asking anything in return. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the, the basic end all of this project is I've... Uh, Invest my own time, my own money. If it can change one life, great. If it doesn't, at least I had fun and for the journey, and I've learned a lot. Well, you and I are in the same path, uh, or same boat there for sure. I get fulfillment out of this ten times more than when I do something else. Been learning over the past last hundred days that there are things that desire and want want to do, and then as time progresses, I've realized that if I'm not aligned with it, it doesn't matter how great that idea is, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, because you're never going to go full on 100%. No, no. And that, that's the struggle that I've honestly been dealing with for the last month. Well, that really uh, goes great with our theme. I mean, this podcast is called Rockstar Today. I, I believe I told you why I, I designed this podcast, why I created it is because I wanted to help musicians quit their day jobs. But more than that, I want them to feel fulfilled. And I, I want them to, to, like you said, be aligned. And uh, that's something that a lot of people are, are not doing. They're maybe doing things for the wrong reasons or, well, let's, let me just preface with this. This is a strange time. If you're doing music, for example, or anything that you want to, say music, but it could be anything. But if you're doing it only for that feedback from the crowd, well, that crowd is now gone. And we don't know when that crowd is ever going to come back. So if that's all that's feeding you, you're starving right now. Yep. So finding your alignment and finding what you truly, you know, you talk about it, we talk about it, Simon Sinek talks about it, finding your why, finding why you're doing something uh, is, is so important. But before, before we continue, because I, I, I think we've already started this, this podcast, so uh, there's no point in uh, delaying it any further. I want to introduce, introduce you. So I met Winston at an event called Archangel. At events, I find that it's best to let your introvert side take over, no matter how uncomfortable it is. So he was standing alone, I was standing alone, and we just started talking. Uh, it, it seemed so natural although forced, but natural. Lo and behold, we went for lunch and I, I found Winston to be one of the most fascinating guys I met at that whole event. So 
I, I really enjoyed our lunch and the connection that we've made since then. I introduce you always as a story architect. I always say that Winston will help you tell the best story you've never told because that's what he does. He'll go and go deep and find out what's something so insignificant to you, uh, but ends up being the reason why you're doing things. That's what he does. That's what he searches for. And that's his superpower. He is the founder of Voice Story, now Voice Story 2.0. So we're going to talk about that. I want to find out a little bit more about uh, the past events and how that's transitioned. I believe your mission, Winston, is to make people connect on a human level. That's your end all be all. That's what you really want. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about voice story. Where did it come from? What was it and what has it become? Voice story, what, what was it? It evolved from, it was a vision made true. That's as uh, simple as I could put it. I was on a Zoom call just like this with my men's group brother, Albert. And then I, I spaced out. And when I came back, he asked, what happened? And I told him, I saw myself uh, walking up on stage. I'm holding a mic. I see bright lights and smiling faces. And he said, what are you going to do? And I told him I'm, I was going to go tell a story. And from that, you know, the genesis of it was born. So I, I made it real. And I had my first show. It evolved from random stories that people would share to then focused on certain themes where everyone sharing on a common theme. And then as I work with the speakers, as I work with their stories, there's always commonality between people. There's the struggles are the same, the, the narratives are the same. Your circumstances are unique to you, <laughs> but the narratives, if you, if I put them all together and you read them, you'd, you wouldn't be able to tell if they're from different people. It's the same story over and over and over again. And when we lose ourselves to that, as many of us do, we don't want to deal with it. We don't want to feel the guilt, the shame, the pain, the abandonment, the, the acknowledgement that we didn't get, like all the stuff that, that, you know, as children we get, well, I'm not going to assume that they all children get that, but as children that we want naturally, and if we don't get it, if we're denied this, then we find ways to compensate by, it, there's whole, all sorts of different ways to compensate for it. I myself drowned that pain with uh, alcohol. That led to a whole bunch of really bad decisions. And then that led to a day where, uh, that was seven years ago now, where I looked at myself in the mirror and said, I don't want to die. And then began this whole journey of, of healing which at that time I would have never have known what could become of it. But voice story really in, in its creation, it's, it's, all, it's all about your voice and it's all about your story, embracing your voice and the power of your own story or the other way around the power of your voice and embrace your story. Either way, whichever angle you want to come at, when you do that, you go, my story can help someone. My voice has power. I can speak. People want to listen to me. These little tiny ideas, when people start getting to it, they go, I can affect change. And if you can affect one person, 
what what else can can you say that you've accomplished in life like i positively affected someone else's life and they are forever better that's success that's success <laughs> that's success yeah this and, is why i love talking with you winston because over the course of the last couple of minutes you've been speaking i must have went on 10 tangents of where we can take this discussion <laughs> I went to the problems that we're dealing right now. Uh, live right now, we have all kinds of uh, divisions all across the world between race and color. And really, you, you hit, hit the nail on the head about when you tell your story, when you get down to the bottom of it, we are all the same. We all have the same issues. We just kind of come at it from different angles. That's one whole way we can take it. Another way we can take it also is a lot of success comes from pain. I was just talking about this today on my deck. I was talking about entrepreneurs and I've been with a lot of entrepreneurs. We go to a lot of events. I met you at a, one of these events and, and we kind of go a little bit deeper. We, we, we spend the money. We, we go a little bit deeper to uh, meet more people and to have better experiences at these events. And when you end up meeting these very successful entrepreneurs, you find out that a lot of times their driving force, uh, I, I, I'm, I don't want to name anybody, but a lot of the time of driving force is a lack of something in their life. Maybe their dad never was proud of them. So they become ultra successful, you know, burning down families and, and partners and whatever, just so they can prove to their parents or their dad that they made it. And it's a common thread I see in a lot of entrepreneurs in, in rock stars and musicians. I see a different side. I see a lot of pain. I see a lot of people dealing through pain, excruciating pain, and either one, and again, based on what you've talked about, they'll either drown it with uh, alcohol or drugs, or they'll channel it, hopefully in a, in a healthy way, and try to work through that pain through music. And mm -hmm. so many musicians have this story, and, uh, and I don't know what your thoughts are, are on that, but the story, it's, it's almost like self-destruction, but using music, they can kind of rebuild themselves and try to get that balance of, of who they should be or get that hope. Well, what you described as an entrepreneur was me described perfectly. I needed to prove myself to the world and I set, I set goals and, and things that I had to reach that were honestly unattainable but I had to prove myself to the world. I need to prove myself that I was worth it, that I was somebody, that I was to be seen, to be acknowledged, not understanding that all this stuff was external to me. Yeah. And the more I chased after that, the more I disconnected from myself. And when I got, you know, I, I achieved some level of success, but once I got there and I go, it, it was so empty. And so I go, okay, I might need, I, I got to make more money. And the more money I made, the more I hated myself and I never understood the correlation. I should be happier. I can do, I can do anything. But I was such a, a narcissist and a soul because I was so focused on me and like what I have and flaunt and wealth and status that it's not, it's counterintuitive that when you think this is going to make you somebody, it actually makes you less of somebody because you're, you're not you. You're just doing this to impress other people and you'll never be able to impress everybody. And I, and I tell that to students, like, who, what are you doing this for? What are you, if you're not doing it for you and you're doing it for someone else and you're seeking their approval, that's just a lose, lose, lose situation.
I didn't want to face the pain, so I drowned it. And then seeing that the pain that I had did fuel me to succeed, but that pain, that anger, that resentment, all that stuff that has that over time, when it happens at a young, young age, over time, you don't feel it anymore. You, you embody it, you just become it. You, you become numb to it, or uh, I guess you say you get used to it. Just like if you cut yourself and uh, you know, a month later, it could still be bleeding, but you don't notice it anymore. So this flame that was burning so hot, like this anger would just literally torch everything that I touched. And I never understood why relationships wouldn't last or ventures wouldn't last because I'm self, being self-destructive. I'd, just, I'd create it, then destroy it right after and then create this hole. It goes back to what you mentioned about uh, the world today of how we're all connected by pain. And, and my description of it is we are in a hole. Like when we're not awake and seeing things, we're, we're in a hole, it's dark, it sucks. We believe we're alone. We don't know what's out there. Until we realize and someone reaches out and says, hey, there's someone else out here. And then you're, you're, you realize for that first time in your life that you're not alone. Now, if you and this other person, let's say me and you go, okay, we're in this hole together. We don't know how to get out. Can't we make this space that we're in a little bit better with the effort from the two of us? That's the first thing that I would suggest. The second thing is if I found you, who else is out there that thinks that they're alone? And then you go seek them out. And that's how you build community. When you have a community and you still can't get out of the hole, at least you're all together in this space. And that's like, that's in this current world environment. I'm going, we're, we're all in this together by fighting each other makes no sense. And eventually it's going to overflow and you're going to come out regardless if you try or not. Yeah. Like if enough of you realize we're all in this together, together you will find a way out. But when you start segregating it and pointing fingers and separating everyone and say, you stay over there and don't come over to us. I don't want to look at you. It doesn't help anything. It doesn't help anyone because that the, you're all, we're all in the same hole. <laughs> There's so many parallels. This podcast is about musicians. So I think of musicians who are on a self-destructive path and they're searching for something and maybe it's fame and they get it and then they feel empty inside. Uh, I just interviewed uh, the first band that Chester Bennington was in. And of course, Chester Bennington uh, committed suicide in 2017, affected the lives of many people, although not a lot of people really knew him. Uh, but I, I interviewed Sean, one of his best friends from high school in his first band, and they, they resurrected, in a, in a sense, Chester's voice and re-recorded songs, bringing him back to life, in, in a sense. And it's a, it was a beautiful thing. But it just goes to show that Chester never felt like he deserved the love, yet he was loved by so many people. So fame does not feed you in the same way you think it's going to feed you. What you, comes up when I, when I, when I, what I see when I hear, hear you say about musicians, what I, what I feel and what's coming up is when that musician, whether it's a singer, a guitarist, or a drummer, when they're in that moment, they are no longer in pain. They're in a space where they're in, you know, they're doing something that they love to do. And the, the pain stops for, for that little while. 
so they can go up and they can just be free. They can be themselves and not be judged. They're with someone else and you're creating something that you love to do. And for that moment, you go, this, this is it. This is, this is where I want to be. But then it ends. And then back, they're back to reality until the next time they can go jam together and come up with a piece of magic. They might not see that. It's kind of like that hit, you know, like it's, you know, making music is their escape and their drug, but they have to go and view it slightly differently. It's like, if this is a space that makes me happy, how can I create this in little pieces all around me? So I don't have to view this as an escape. I can, I can recreate my world so I can have this happiness everywhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it's take, takes a while to run through those narratives. That's where that missing link is. Because of COVID-19, obviously a lot of bands are no longer uh, on tour. So this is really a time for them to sit back and do some introspective work. The reason I wanted you on the show is because you have a superpower, (laughs) which I've just tapped into just slightly, and it's made me uh, a much better interviewer. But I think this is a perfect time to spend on yourself and to do some introspective work. So let's go back to voice story. Voice story, uh, and this is all going to make sense very soon, trust me. Voice story is an event at one point, and you would invite people that would never speak on stage to give a, a, a small presentation. How long was the presentation? It was very short, right? Uh, around around 12 minutes. So I, I invite people on stage to share a moment of their lives. And I've, I had someone that was a, a counselor come up and say to me, he said, I work with people for years and never had them be able to come up and share to the level that you have a total stranger share in front of a room full of strangers. Well, that's it's amazing. The stage I created is when I realized that I had a voice and my, and what I went through can help someone. I go, there's got to be other people out there that, that can help people too. So I created this, the stage and it, it, you don't have to be a, a published author or have credentials or spoken so many times. It's just about you going up and sharing a part of your story that's read, that comes up that says, I don't want to have someone believe that they're alone because because I felt alone. Well, you're not, you're not alone. That's, that's the message, <laughs> simply put. Social isolation is, has profound effects on, invisible effects on us. And to know that you're not alone is critical, especially right now with COVID where people are just, you know, in your own little space. For sure, there's gonna be some sort of PTSD of, of isolation coming out in years to come. We don't know the effects of, of how this is going to affect people, uh, whether you're young or old. It definitely is going to have an impact somewhere down the line. For sure. But the, what you do at your events is you not only give people the opportunity to speak on stage, and, and, and just let's be honest, for many people, their worst fear is to speak in public. Public speaking is like, they're more afraid of public speaking than death. Uh, <laughs> or and what's even worse is if you die while public speaking, that's got to be the worst. <laughs> But really, when you take yourself out of the equation, you don't make it about you. You, you make it about your story. And you, became, you make sure that your story is more important than you. 
I think that's where it happens. And I bet that the artists that are doing music that take themselves out of the equation and make it about their story and are true to their story are way more successful. Or I'm going to say success to me is connecting with fans. It could be 10 fans. It could be a hundred fans, but if you have that true deep connection, I think that's success. And I think it's by uncovering your story. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, how you can do that. You have like a musician and they're, they're sitting at home. I interview uh, many musicians and I do my research and a lot of websites will have this bio that's pretty flat. It doesn't say much. And I, I'm, I'm debating whether I should use an example because uh, I believe I told you this before, Winston, but I was interviewing somebody and I, I was like channeling your, your intelligence or your superpower. I was listening for that part in her story that she thought was unimportant. I think that's what the important part is. There's always something that we think is unimportant to us that ends up being extremely important, but we don't know it because we're kind of, you know, you can't read the label when you're inside the jar. You can't see what's going on from the, out, from the inside. You need somebody from the outside to look in. I won't read her original bio. And I don't think she's changed it. I had a conversation with someone and this is where I thought about you. And she's telling me the story. And one of the parts of the story is that she worked with the mentally ill and the homeless in the Montreal area. And her songs are all like really, they're poppy. They're, they're kind of fun. They're full of like, literally it's sparkles and unicorns. When she told me that story, my inner Winston said, that's it. That's your story. And she goes, what do you mean? I said, well, when I think about you, I think about sparkles and unicorns. This is the part of the story I got. I said, for almost a decade, uh, her work involved helping the mentally ill, the homeless, and Montreal's most destitute. And her instincts was to offer a little sparkle of joy in their life, take away the pain, if only for a brief moment. She took that gift of hope and is now channeling it into song. That to me was a story because she saw the worst, well, not the worst in people, but people at their worst. Her instinct was to just give a couple sparkles, make somebody feel good for a minute. And that translates into the way she does her songs. It's, it's beautiful. It's, it's great. It's, it's bringing fresh light. But to me, the story that she thought was so insignificant was her working with the mentally ill and the destitute. And that became to me, the most important part of her story. So how do you go about finding those little bits? Like, I think I channeled you for, for a moment, but I, I, want, I want to know more. I want to get this superpower more down path. Well, it, active listening, active deep listening is key. And what that is, if people don't know, a lot of people listen with intent to reply. So if you're in a conversation, a thought, a question, a comment will come down and you'll feel it. You'll, your jaw will tighten up. You'll feel it. So I call that you're lock and loaded and you're no longer listening. You're, all you're waiting for is a moment or a pause or for the other person to do something so you can fire that out. And that's typical conversation. Now, active listening is listening, being aware of that, but letting that go and continue to listen and that person might answer your question or that comment or something else might come up, but you're deeply listening and you're not thinking about what's about to happen in the future or what's happening in the past. And you're just 
it's like going on a roller coaster ride on that person's story. So if you're telling me a story like you did at lunch, I'm sitting beside you in the roller coaster seat. You're the one controlling the speed. I'm like, okay, and away we go. Now, if I'm going to go and look ahead and I'm not paying attention to what's happening now, I'm missing out on the ride. Mm -hmm. I'm missing out on the details of the ups and downs and the lefts and rights that your story is going to take me through. So with that, the second key thing that I'll tell you is embrace the story through the lens of curiosity. And when you listen to someone and the, and the easiest way you're going to pick it up is they'll start saying something and most people will gloss over something. They go, yeah. So when, when I did this and that, that's not really important, their ego, something, some part of them are saying it's a big red flag. It's like, well, what happened? And then I don't, you know, nothing. But if they actually go in there and say, what's behind door number one? It's like, well, I've, not, I've I don't want to go down there. Why not? And the two of you go down and you look, there's always magic there. There's, there's <laughs> typically there's pain. That's why most people don't want to go there. Mm-hmm. But when they do, the pain happened so long ago as a child or a teenager. And I'm just going to use a, a, my own example of rejection from trying to ask a girl out. Well, and then you gloss that over, but that, that shapes you. It shapes the stories that you tell, how you interact with people, but then you, you'll gloss over this moment until you actually go back and take a hard look and say, well, I'm not that same person. I'm, I'm much older, but I can look at it through a lens of empathy and compassion and say, yep, younger Winston, man, you are, you are so alone. You are in so much pain. I get it. You desired connection and you weren't getting it. I see that, but I'm not going to judge you for it, but I can see how it happened. And I can see how this moment creates the words that I use, the lyrics that I sing, the music that I play, the tunes, the sound. When, we, when you are able to go back and figure out these little points at the very beginning and you go, wow, this is where all my inspiration comes from, you can then change the narrative by just stepping over one degree and say, I don't have to look at this as a place of pain anymore. I'm going to look at this as a place of inspiration everything changes now that now those sparkles turn into like fireworks and mega bombs mm-hmm. because you're looking at it through this lens well what happens if you look over or over here it's like, wow that's to- that's a totally different point of view exactly the same experience and and we grow as people right so we're not stuck in time i've done mistakes in the past i've done terrible like stupid mistakes if i kept reliving those mistakes even if it's just imaginary in my mind i would never grow but we we grow as as individuals and we become wiser with age uh, and experience and we hopefully learn from our mistakes and we don't repeat them Uh, but we can use them a to uh, not repeat them for ourselves and b to uh, help others not enter those same mistakes so uh, that's another way we can learn from our story well the key thing though that I i want to put this out there is emotions have no concept of time they are not bound by time okay Something that you felt 20 years ago could feel fresh as day. That confuses us. It's like, oh, I felt that pain again. It happened 20 years ago. Mm, so Very interesting. But then you go, when it happens to me now, 
I asked myself, why, why, why am I feeling this right now? Why did I think about my ex-girlfriend right now? Like, what is it about this specific moment in time that just got triggered? And instead of letting the, the emotions uh, ruin my day or, or take me down a certain tangent, actually, as I said, look at it through a lens of curiosity. What, what happened here? And then you look around. It could be you walk past a building or you went by a restaurant or something happened at the beach that triggered that memory. You can look at it at loss. You can look at it as love. You can look at it in all these different ways. His emotions are not bound by time. And 20, 30 years from now, I can come back and, and chuckle about it when uh, something triggers me about this podcast that I'm doing with you. And it'll be, yeah, I remember when I sat down with Randall and we had that conversation. And you were living like yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, just how you want to frame it. And we had good sushi. <laughs> we did have good sushi. <laughs> so what, what I find interesting, and I, I have this as my background, voice story. There's two parts to this. There's the voice, and I want to get into that uh, after this, but... I want to stay on the story part still. Yep. I think story is very important. I think uh, my job as an interviewer is not to ask facts. I want to ask for stories. If I'm going to have an interview with a band, if I can get a story out of them instead of a fact, I, I felt I won because a story is letting them relive a moment and putting them in a situation. And then you get a much fuller description. You're getting, I mean, a story is so much better than facts. You have the one aspect of your event, which was people telling uh, their own story, but you have another aspect, which maybe is the first step to getting to the point where you can talk about your story. And it's just uh, that active listening. So you have an event called, uh, I forgot how many minutes is eight minutes with a stranger. With a stranger. Yeah. Okay. I remember. Good. Eight minutes with a stranger. And I've participated uh, at least once uh, for this. And what it is, is a, uh, you are forced into active listening. And what you said about those ideas that are bubbling up in your throat and they just want to come out and you have to like repress them, it's, it's so on point. And it's a, it's a really great learning experience. So I invite you, if, if you want to start on this journey of finding out your story and examining it, before you speak, you have to listen. Yeah. And you have to listen to yourself, but you have to listen to other people too. And I, I think that it's a great exercise. And especially uh, if you feel uncomfortable, even better. Do it. Get out of your comfort zone. So when, what came up when, you, when you're saying you want a story versus a fact? Mm-hmm. How I would invite you to approach that conversation is, and anyone watching this, you, you often hear people say, so, so Randall, what do you think about that? That's up here. Rephrase it to say, how do you feel about that? What comes up for you? What do you think? What comes up from your gut, from your heart? And those are two totally different spaces. So speaking to someone, it's like, yeah, so what's coming up for you right now? How do you, how do you feel when you're telling this? And they go, oh, man, this is like totally awkward. And usually what comes out in a whisper is, yeah, I never thought I'd talk about this. And that's where the magic is. I've had a few of those moments where they've said, I've never talked about this before. Yeah, and, that's where the magic is. And I, I feel a little spark inside, like, yeah, maybe. But I think as a band, I want to, I want to bring this back to who our audience is, which are band yeah. members. 
they're often asked to do interviews and interviews can be very boring. You know, somebody might say, um, you know, what inspires you? The most boring question on the earth. You'll say um, ABBA and ACDC, starting with the A's, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and the answer is there. So you got to move on to the next question. Whereas I would ask more like, well, I try to bring a memory. So if like you're, you're a young child, you're flipping through your parents' album collection. Is there an album or, or, or a band or a singer where music went from something that you heard to something you felt? Then I'm getting a story. So I'm thinking it's, it, it's kind of good for a musician to think about this beforehand so that their answers are not just the boring facts. Like I'm into Fleetwood Mac and Blink-182. I'm using really kind of crazy juxtapositions here. But if you can tell a story, I think it's going to be make you a much more interesting subject for an interview. And I think if your bio could tell a story, instead of just random facts like, oh, we're a Montreal band and we do this and this and this, and we're inspired by, you know, bicycles and, and skateboards. Yeah, that's fine. That may be true, but why? Yep. And, and it's not why, it's the why behind the why. So, I just saw that on one of your uh, videos, so I'm glad you went there. Let's talk about that. So I want to go back to when you say what music inspires me. They can say Blink-182, and if they just followed it by the, this comment in their mind, Blink-182, because it makes me feel, and that's it. And then the story automatically comes out. And so it's not, a, it's not an end. It's like, so what, what inspires you? It's like, oh, man, I listen to Blink-182, and, and then there you go. You, you open that door, and the story just comes out. And whatever happens, happens. And you don't have to think about it. And that's the thing that people and want musicians to understand. You've lived that experience. You're not making stuff up. You just have to go back and just tell that story. It's already there. And people want to hear it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, <laughs> why behind the why? Why behind the why? Let's go there. Let's... <laughs> yeah. So the why behind the why is there, there's a reason why you do something, but what happened to cause you to want to do this? Okay. Typically it's a tra trauma or I, I find that inspiration usually comes from like, like sadness and pain. Yeah. Like a need or a want, something didn't work out and something and that just blossoms inspiration and creativity. Not always, but usually. So when you go back to that space, like why am I doing this? Why do I want to do this? And you look at it as, in a non-judgmental way and look at yourself like why like you said be introspective why do i do what i do i want to be acknowledged why do you do what you do why do you want to be acknowledged and you start peeling it's onion theory as you start peeling the layers and, it, and it's going to get harder and harder because the tears are going to come and you just got to keep peeling until you get to that one space that says this is why i do it that's it you don't have to explain it to anyone else. You embrace it yourself. Everything's born from, it's never just one space. There's multiple spaces. But when you find one, you can then see how they're linked to other spaces. There's a lot of onions in our lives. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, like a garden of onions. But when you start realizing all these little sparks or flames of, of who, what created you, you can start meshing those stories together. That's when people go, I never knew that about myself. 
and the curiosity kicks in. What else is there? What else is there? That's really, in a nutshell, the voice story process. You come with me with the story that you want to tell. And then from that, I guide you to that space, that part of you that you want to reveal, and you don't know where it is. And that initial story is the, the map. The best story you've never told. Yeah, best story you've never told, exactly. So, yeah. I was thinking on a tangent of something that I tried with someone, one of my good friends, is you ask someone, why are you my friend? And this, you got to pick somebody that's willing to go, go deep with you. They have to be a good friend, obviously. And you ask them, why are you my friend? And they'll say, you oh, know, I like you because you're fun. You're, you tell good jokes. And you keep asking that. Yeah, but why? Yeah, but why? And like exactly you said, peel that onion. There's one point where it's going to stop being about you and it's going to be about them. And that's where you're going to find your, your truth. It might be something like, well, I'm your friend because when I have a problem, you're always there for me. That's the middle of the onion. It's no longer about you. It's about how you make them feel. Yep. And I think that that's something that's key. If you're uh, writing your bio or you're thinking about your story or even your why, like, why am I still in music? I can't perform right now. Peeling back that onion can be very therapeutic. Uh, I want to go with what you just said. And voice story, the, when, when someone works with me about their story, it's all through a lens of feeling. How does that feel? How does it make you feel? How does it make the listener feel? At the end of telling your story, that person should be resonating. Like you want to imprint you onto their soul mm -hmm. by how they, they, they won't remember any of your story, but they'll remember how they felt listening to the story. Like I, there's tons of music that I listen to. I don't know the lyrics at all, but I know how I feel when I listen to it. Mm -hmm. And I, if I had, you had to give me a million dollars to sing karaoke to it, I, I'd lose. <laughs> but, but I would love listening to that, to the story unfold. It just, it just makes, it vibes me. It makes me happy. It makes me, or takes me on a journey from love to sadness and up and down. And then at the end of it, it's like, wow, that was a great song. And then you rewind it and you listen to it again. And different music does that to, to di different people. But it all comes down to, like, when you read a bio, how does that make you feel? How does that make the other person feel? Making that connection. And I, and I think that the power of music is in that connection. I think the ones that do it the best uh, share an intimate moment or an intimate thought and connect with somebody else. And like you said, being in that uh, hole and you say, hey, I'm not alone. Join me. We're both in this hole together. Let's make it a, a, a better space. And then as more people come, they get bigger and bigger. Now you've done a lot of events and your events have been on TV. You've had back when you were doing live shows, was there uh, one story that maybe like really knocked your socks off that really impacted you that you just saw like, wow, I did not expect this. <laughs> there's, there's lots, lots and lots of stories. I'd have a hard time picking one. What to you when you see a transformation of somebody who maybe is reserved, maybe shy, and then they tell that story that, that you, just blows your mind, what do you see in that person afterwards? How do they come out post-story? Well, how that works is uh, I work with every 98% of the speakers that, that speak 
we we go through the process together and then the live show comes and then i introduce them i hand them the mic and they they have their 15 minutes to go and express when i get the mic back they are not the same person they are there like energetically they are not the same person i look at them the, whatever they were carrying is gone i describe it as if we are hard drives and we're holding all this old data by sharing your story you're taking this data and you're firing it up onto the cloud it's it's outside of you now so now you have this space for a new experience what are you going to fill that space with and these people as they as i get the mic back i look at them they give me a hug i see a smile on their face yeah, I, I'm very fortunate to be able to witness that a few hundred times now. And I know I affected positive change. It's, uh, I can't explain it. It's one of those things where if you ever get the opportunity to come over one day and co-host and you do that and you see it, you're like, wow, that was the, it's just a moment of gratitude that I can't explain. At the end of the day, I am so soaked with gratitude from the speakers and the audience that yeah, like I'm like a, I sponged it all up and I had to find a way to decompress because it's, it's, uh, it's nuts. <laughs> yeah. I, I do find that uh, when people give, when they, they truly give, like you said, they, when they give that story, they're like taking a piece of themselves, a very deep piece. Like this is a, this is a part of their soul and they hand it to an audience that they don't know if they're going to respond well, they're going to laugh or cry but that bravery it has to change you just getting out of that that space and and just embracing your story is got to be a transformative experience yeah. uh, i felt it a little bit because we you know we had maybe an hour together i told you my story and you picked it apart and you found some things that I, I thought was unimportant and ended up being a, a guiding part of my life uh, of how i'm maybe why I'm always trying to help people, but it's, it's really something that needs to be done. And I think that if, if an artist can take that lesson and, you know, try to absorb as much of uh, the Winston juice as they can and, and, and put that for one, A, into their own life, you know, their own bio, their own reasons why they're doing what they're doing, but B is to actually put it into the music and actually maybe find out, the why of a lyric and go deeper into that. And maybe that lyric will change. It'll become more of a story and that might have more of an impact. Is there any songs that you can think of that were storytelling songs that, that you remember? The one that comes to mind all the time is Love Inc. You're a superstar. I remember I was, I was in a deep dark space. And then I remember going up by a chairlift and this started playing. And I swore it was my grandfather talking to me. <laughs> and, I, and I had like tears coming. I got goggles on. I had like tears coming out of my eyes. When I got off that chairlift, it was like, I, I, I couldn't even ride. Like I was just so touched by that, that message. Those to me are the most impactful ones where it's like, it's like someone, someone talking to you, someone coming down and you could be in your, you're in your hole you think you're all alone, that you don't matter, that life sucks and no one cares and you're just abandoned and you're in this dark, dark space. 
and you know a, a whisper of a song could be playing over a radio and it just makes it all the way to your ear and you hear it and you hear the lyrics it can be life-changing mm-hmm. right and then the, what comes up with the bio and i say this to everyone i work with i am you it's like i it's like uh, I, I do this for you i understand your story you can feel it i'm not making this up when i'm working with you so for an artist to say, I made this for you, take it. <laughs> I, I think, I, I think someone did that. He goes, I, I wrote this song for you. And it's, it's like the, the, the emotion behind those words. It's like a sucker punch to the gut. You have no response for that. You sit there and you're wide open and then, then they unleash it on you. You, you got to be that that you know that that will linger with you for for the rest of your life you know i i found that in particular for me uh, music has been there in my dark times it's been there in my good times i i even dj my own wedding <laughs> as a dj heart right so uh, i mean it was all on pre-tape but i still uh, you know i controlled the music and uh i even have a playlist for my funeral it's called songs to die for it's like hey <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna be dj till i die but uh the whole point of this is that i believe that music has uh, a treasure trove of emotion and the artists that are skillful at uncovering their own emotions and sharing them i think are the ones that are resonating with people and yes you might be a pop star and singing about uh Know, very shallow stuff and maybe that you're following that formula of the the three keys that that almost all pop songs have or or somebody's writing these songs for you but i think if an artist can uh, be true to themselves and go deeper into their story um, I, to, and to me success is not about the amount of albums you sell or how big the arena is it, it's how many lives you can affect and how many people you can uh, speak to like you said and uh, I think that to me is true success. And even if it's a small group, uh, I think you can feel proud that you, you're at least helping by sharing your story. I think it's very and the, important. And the thing about it's not just the lyrics, it's the music itself. And with, when I gave some, like there was a, a particular set of music that came up out of all the terabytes of music, I picked this one set and I gave it to my, the person that was there to guide me. And she said, it's, a wonderful thing when you can meet another soul that speaks the language of music because music itself is a language that not many people understand but when you can share music and speak at that level there's things that words words can't say but music can't and going one step beyond it's very interesting what you just said and again we want to talk about diversity about uh fellow feeling and empathy, listening to music that you don't necessarily like uh, could be very eye-opening. I started interviewing, my, my background, as you know, we talked about this a little bit. Um, I first got into DJing uh, many, many years ago, probably 30 years ago, uh, because of a Depeche Mode song that I heard at a party. <laughs> and I, I, I could tell, I can say it now because my parents already know that I, I basically uh, pretend that I was sleeping over at a friend's house and I went to a party. And I got stranded there because the buses kind of just went past us. So we got, you know, 
we got found out and I got grounded and all that good stuff. But I do remember coming back from that party and I had this song, People Are People from the Page Mode stuck in my head. I could not let go of the song. I've never heard anything like that before in my life. And it brought me down this path of all this alternative music that I've never really heard on the radio, uh, except for this one guy in Montreal called Claude Rajat, which I'd love to have on the show because he's, he's just a genius into finding all kinds of interesting music. And, and he was a guide for many of us in Montreal. Uh, but it brought me down this path. And uh, the reason why, I'm, I don't even know why I'm started this, on this story. Uh, you always do this to me. You always get me uh, talking about these stories and I don't know why I started, but I always go with it. But in the end of it is music is there for me at certain points in my life. And that was a, a pivotal moment where I learned that there was something different that I can explore. And I was able to get my own identity through music. And throughout the ages, it's changed. And lately I've been interviewing, just per happenstance, uh, a couple pop bands. And I'm not a big pop fan. To me, I'm more like, you know, alternative punk. That's the stuff I grew up on, right? And yet I'm listening to these pop bands and I'm listening to the lyrics and it's like, this is pretty good. They're actually, pretty deep and they're tackling really interesting subjects so i've got an appreciation for that so it's it's expanded my horizons and we're talking we're in an age now where our people are uh, more than ever divided the world is divided like never before it's crazy music is a way to really unite us i mean when you yeah. can listen to music if I, if i can appreciate country music that's a big step forward in my evolution <laughs> and i have I, I've started to enjoy maybe more of the older stuff, not pop country, because yeah. it's still uh, <laughs> a no-go for me. But I can appreciate that music, and it, it just expands my horizon. I think uh, it's, it's a good lesson or a good exercise to just step outside of your comfort zone and, and just experience life from different angles. Uh, you, you talked about looking at a, your story from di different angles. Experimentation is awesome. Yeah, well, what, when you're telling me about, as I'm listening to you, all I could see was, uh, I was invited to a Backstreet Boys concert, and I've never, ever been to a, a boy band concert in my entire life. So I go, all right, so I invited a friend, we, we went to this Backstreet Boys concert, you know, I've heard some of the songs on the radio, but that was the most profound experience that I ever had, because I didn't watch a concert, I was, I was, it was like a lightning bolt of uh, of emotion. Was like I was plugged into something else. Everyone else is experiencing a concert. I was going bonkers. Like like oh, this is this is intense love and joy and happiness. Like the the energy in the all from music, all from you know four guys going around singing their songs. And I go, this is absolutely insane. And I. And I tell that story to people. It's like, it's a Backstreet Boy concert, but I never would have ever imagined it could be that much fun. You know, I've heard those songs, you know, <laughs> hundreds of times. But then that one time was different. People were screaming. People were jumping up and down. The love in the room, like, it was intense. Well, Much different than the Queen concert that I saw the month earlier. But yeah. it's a different crowd, different vibe. But when you sit there and you take it in with just you know, no expectations, crazy, some crazy things could happen. That's interesting because you're bringing an interesting point. 
there's something about listening to music in your own room, in your own headphones, you know, you're on the subway or the transit, whatever, but there's something about the live experience, that communal gathering of people, obviously like-minded people because they're focused on the one band. It's something that is, uh, is very special. I think that's what uh, you're doing with your events too, Voice Story, Voice Story 2.0. Even the Zoom events that you're, you've been organizing, it's about creating that human connection. And a story alone or a song alone on the radio, yes, it has some effect, but there's something that resonates when you're two people in a room talking or a hundred people at a concert listening to two people talking or singing. For sure. For sure. It's a transfer. It, there's an energetic transfer. Like as <laughs> I'm going to preface this, I was a very pragmatic science-based dude <laughs> growing up. So for me to say there is an energetic transfer that happens when you're having a conversation with someone face to face or listening to mute, like something about music when someone's singing or playing an instrument live and you feel the, the sound waves come at you. It's undeniable. Like there's, there's literally, you know, that, those frequencies are, are making you vibrate and you take it in. I've had some magical experiences listening to, to live music. I mean, there's even concerts for the deaf. Queens really? of the took their album title, Songs for the Deaf, based on the fact that some concerts are, made, are designed for deaf people and they'll be maybe carrying around a speaker and they can feel oh, it. And, and just, you know, they're obviously not getting the whole spectrum of all the notes, but just feeling the vibrations is enough to elicit a response, an emotional response. I really hope that going forward, we'll be able to get back together live. Uh, for one, for your events, I, I, I really look forward to going to Vancouver whether I'm on stage or in the audience, I'll just be happy to be there uh, and be in a room full of, of brilliant people. And I, I, I don't want to be the smartest guy in the room. I always try to be in a room with people smarter than me. You're definitely smarter than me. So I want to be in the room where you are and, uh, and, and meet these inspirational people that maybe have never spoken before. That's something that I, I'm really looking forward to. And of course, I want to go to, to more live concerts. I, I really enjoy that experience. Like you said, it's a it's this uh, transfer of energy and it's just, uh, it's a beautiful thing. And I think music has a lot of emotions behind it, but if you can tell the story right, you can transfer that emotion much better. Well, what I say about that is, you know, I've said it to many, many groups. You can, you can try to convince someone, you can try to sell someone, or you can tell a story. And if you tell the story the right way, you don't have to do the other two people just would just want to connect with you because you're just being you. And I believe as a musician, as a storyteller, when you're authentic and vulnerable, people know, people, people appreciate that. It's not just some glossed over version of you. This is, this is you that you're putting out there. That's, that's what they want. It's a perfect way to end this. <laughs> you just uh, hit the nail on the head. Tell your story, uh, make sure it's true to you. And uh, don't be afraid to uncover the real you. Uh, ask the why behind the why. Finding out why you're doing this. What are the emotions behind some of the major events that you might even think are insignificant? And if you have a problem, well, Winston has a whole bunch of events and I'll put them all in the show notes. And you can just join one of those events. A lot of them are free. So just hop on in to a Zoom call and uh, get out of your comfort zone. Talk with a stranger for eight minutes or better yet, active listening for eight minutes. It's truly, it's really hard. 
but it uh, it changes the way you listen, and it could it could help you in your relationships, it can help you in your businesses, and it can help you as a band. A lot of bands break up, right? Because why? There's infighting. They don't understand each other. Active listening, man. It's the band aid that cures all. Thank you so much, Winston. I I look forward to your next event. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. If you enjoy the show, share it with other musicians. Help us spread the word. Theme song written and performed by Wolves at Midnight. Thanks for listening to the Rockstar Today podcast. Now go out there and rock your business like you rock the stage.